welcome to the Nutrient Narratives podcast. I am your host, Gigi Naval. This is the place where dietitians and dietetic students share their stories centered around food to all things nutrition in order to inform, empower, and bring some inspiration to your day. This is our third installment of a tea break episode. What better guests to have than my very own colleagues that I get to work with very closely. From time to time, we will have these mini lit review discussions to dig into the latest nutrition information. Well, hello there. Welcome to a, oh, let's see. This is actually called a tea break episode of the Nutri-Narratives podcast. And I'm excited today because I have my colleagues with me. My amazing colleagues, I have Dr. Edward B. Talk, Andrea Fanica, Kendra Woosley, and I am so blessed to be able to work with them on a regular basis. And today we have a short literature review that we would like to share and discuss. And we are actually going to share a study, each one of us. We're actually going to start off with Dr. B Talk. And our topic is vitamin C and the immune system. Can you please give us um, the synopsis of what you have found, Dr. B Talk? Thank you so much for the uh, for this opportunity, Dr. Noval, to be able to discuss vitamin C. I did a little bit of research and actually came across this uh, paper. It's a seminal paper that was published in the Journal of Hygiene. Now, I don't know if we still have a Journal of Hygiene, but this paper was published in 1942. Now, around this time, a few years before this paper was published, there were a lot of studies that had been uh, done as far as uh, vitamin C and, you know, the immune function is concerned. A lot of studies had looked at the effects of vitamin C on common cold, uh, vitamin C and pneumonia, and other conditions. And so this was kind of the paper that almost put all those different studies together in terms of the findings that had come out of those smaller trials. So just a little bit of a setting with regards to this study. This was a trial that was conducted in a, uh, in a large training school. Now, they don't say what this training school was, but basically it, it seems to me that this was a military training school. There were about 1,500 youths aged between 15 and 20. And for the most part, these participants had come come from a background of uh, low economic, uh, low socioeconomic status. And so uh, what that tells you is that they had a poor diet. And then in addition to the conditions that were prevailing in those days, uh, the diet at the institution was also not um, not the best. Now, I'll tell you what they were being what what they were being fed at this institution. They were being given four thousand calories per day, and the food distribution was badly managed. Electric ovens were used to reheat food and to keep it hot whilst waiting for distribution. Often, eight hours elapsed between the time the food was cooked 
and its arrival on the dining table. Now that should already raise a red flag as far as vitamin C is concerned. Now we know why we are supposed to eat you know, fresh fruits and vegetables to get the best in terms of the amounts of vitamin C. But the study itself was very interesting how they did it. Um, what they did was basically they took a number of uh, these uh, young men and they gave them ascorbic, about three, 300 milligrams of ascorbic acid. And what they found out was that there was nothing that was coming out in the urine. So they looked at the urine to measure the vitamin C content. And basically they found that all the vitamin C that was given, administered about 300 milligrams, was retained in the body. And so they did a similar study with the staff members at the same facility. And they gave them 300 milligrams of uh, vitamin C and they found out that most of them uh, actually excreted almost 75% of the vitamin C that had been administered. So what does this tell us? Basically it does tell us that the utilization and the requirements of vitamin C in the body is so much dependent on your current status of vitamin C intake. So if you're consuming fruits and vegetables regularly, then you're in a better status for, um, in a better status of uh, vitamin C because as we know, vitamin C is concentrated in the cells in the body. So this was a very important study that actually led to the, you know, establishment of the, recommend, uh, the recommendations for vitamin C. Later on, they conducted a larger study and they did the same thing and the same results were observed. They did also observe that in those who were given the uh, vitamin C in the form of ascorbic acid, that they, they had less uh, uh, incidences of common cold, pneumonia, tonsillitis and other conditions. And so uh, this was a landmark study that actually led to the development of the current recommendations for vitamin C, which is about 60 milligrams per, per day. And so uh, we should remember one thing from this study that the, um, how you prepare your food is very important. Now, if you're going to get your vitamin sources from food, you have to make sure that the food is cooked for a very short time with minimal water and salt. You don't end up losing the vitamin C as it was in this case. That's so helpful because we can leach it out exactly. and, not, and not get the full benefits. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Bitok. That's so helpful. We're going to keep that in mind as we continue this discussion. All right, Mrs. Vanigo, what did you find? Hey, hello. hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hello. So my article, I guess, is more of what is happening today. So it is looking at uh, the virus situation, so at COVID-19 and at high-dose intravenous vitamin C treatment for those um, that have the virus. Uh, just a little bit of background on the virus. Um, so coronaviruses are large 
enveloped and positive sense RNA viruses that um, infect broad range of uh, vertebrates, and it can ca it can cause disease of uh, medical and um, medical significance. However, the coronaviruses that are uh, coming from uh, animals, such as uh, the severe acute respiratory syndrome and the Middle East respiratory syndrome, so the SARS and MERS uh, COVID viruses can cause severe respiratory tract infections, where just the regular coronaviruses are kind of mild in symptoms, so more like a flu. Uh, these can cause more uh, severe symptoms and uh, they have high mortality. That's why COVID-19 is actually called SARS-CoV-2 because it is part of um, the viruses that cause more severe and uh, high mortality uh, viruses. So this article comes from uh, Turkey and uh, they were looking at the high-dose intravenous vitamin C treatment in those infected with COVID-19. So vitamin C, as we've heard from Dr. Bitok, is known as an essential antioxidant and an enzymatic cofactor for uh, physiological reactions, um, you know, hormone production, collagen synthesis, um, immunity. So humans are not able to synthesize vitamin C, therefore we have to get it from uh, dietary sources. So um, this, this article looks at the treatment of sepsis and septic shock, which are uh, basically um, the results of infection with uh, COVID-19. So where it starts with, uh, it can start with mild symptoms. If they progress and not treated, they get to sepsis and septic shock. And as we know, sepsis is a life-threatening organ dysfunction syndrome um, that is uh, triggered by a uh, disruptive host systemic inflammatory reaction. So um, the, this was a meta-analysis and it basically concluded that um, high dose treatment with intravenous vitamin C could be administered um, at 50 milligrams per kilogram body weight every six hours for four days with a glucose restriction. And because there is a concern that may arise with uh, this, um, high vitamin C treatment, um, it could, you know, they, they are saying that it could lead to um, osmotic cell death. However, it does not lead to apoptosis, uh, which could generate a local infl uh, inflammation in um, alveolar medium. So therefore, they're saying that an IV uh, glucocorticoid treatment must be added to attenuate the possible inflammatory um, complications of high-dose vitamin C treatment. So 
vitamin C, when used as a um, parenteral agent in high doses, may also act as a pro-oxidant to attenuate pro-inflammatory uh, mediator expressions, which improve the alveolar fluid clearance and act as an antioxidant to improve epithelial cell function. So I know this is a lot of science talk and a lot of scientific <laughs> terms, but it does show that this treatment is efficient and it could be used in treatment of COVID-19. And from, I think we've all seen kind of in the media, there are some hospitals and some places that have used the vitamin C uh, intravenously in the treatment and have proven to actually be beneficial. So, mm -hmm. but for us, you know, yes. to not get there to the point where we need to receive it intravenously, mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we do have, you know, our daily vitamin C, um, either in supplement form, uh, of course, from our fruits and vegetables and, um, make sure that we are hitting all the marks uh, when it comes to all these uh, anti-inflammatory, anti-oxidant-rich foods. And uh, just a fun fact, mm -hmm. one of the highest sources of vitamin C is bell peppers. Yes, bell peppers. And any color, right? Right. And you would, you would never think that a bell pepper is, you know, super high in vitamin C because our our minds always go to what to the more sour the citrus right but it so seems true. that peppers have actually a higher concentration of vitamin C so yeah let's keep on getting that vitamin C that's right add those bell peppers on but just not to cook it for too long huh Dr. Beacock right. yes yes definitely just for you know one two three minutes at most yeah. Uh, do we know anything? And I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just asking this now. Um, yeah. Do we know if um, raw or cooked is better? It's actually for peppers. Yeah, it's actually in the raw format. The that raw is format. the recommend. Okay. That's why we eat salads with all mm -hmm. the bell peppers and all, you know, all the veggies. And so, yeah, the recommendation is to eat them raw. Mm -hmm. Well, pepper bell peppers taste good raw. Mm -hmm. they're they're still delicious and a nice pleasant experience even yeah. raw <laughs> you know what they're saying also is if you saute you know usually sauteing we use high temperature and that's not recommended for preserving vitamin c so you need to use low heat for a short period of time and very minimal amount of water mm. Okay, we're going to have to remember that. And, um, you know, Ms. Andrea, you, you were saying that those who do have COVID-19, they receive theirs, their vitamin C intravenously because that's like the best way to get it into our systems right away and very effectively. It really in, increases. We do receive the uh, vitamin C intravenously very well. The concentration in our serum, in our blood, it shows that it's really good absorbed well. However, um, there is also a certain type of vitamin C supplement that is already out there that has been discussed. And I tried to look for a lot of good studies on this particular vitamin C, and it's the liposomal 
vitamin C because that is being brought to the forefront these days. And when it comes to liposomal vitamin C, it is encapsulated in, um, in, in a lipid format. And this study was very small. So I was like, uh, I'm not quite sure about this study. But there were 11 people. They were put on four different treatments at four different times. The first one was a placebo vitamin C. The second one was regular vitamin C that was not encapsulated, so it was not encapsulated with liposomes. And then the third one was the encapsulated liposomal vitamin C. And then the fourth treatment was intravenous. And basically the results of this study showed that, yes, intravenous was the highest amount that the that we saw, that they saw, that the patients actually saw the highest concentration of vitamin C in their serum. That was the highest one. And then the liposomal, oh, sorry, I can't say the word, liposomal vitamin C, that did show greater serum concentration in the individuals, but not as, it, it was more than the in, unencapsulated vitamin C, but, it wasn't as much as the intravenous vitamin C, but it definitely showed that in serum, the vitamin C concentration is more with encapsulated liposomal and the regular vitamin C showed less of a concentration that was absorbed. So even though it's a small study, it's already showing that also the type of supplement that we get or we use can also make a big difference because of its bioavailability and having it encapsulated in lipid can actually make the patient or, or, or the person or us or any any of us we can absorb it much better in this particular okay you guys so what what are your thoughts about um supplementing should we supplement or not should we just go ahead and make sure that we are getting it from all of our meals that we eat? I definitely think that best is obviously getting it from our meals and making sure that we are having all those foods that are high in uh, vitamin C, but not just vitamin C, all the other ones. Let's not forget about vitamin A and, oh. you know, all the, you know, vitamin D and everything else that uh, contributes to our well-being. But um, we can definitely supplement, especially uh, when it gets to the colder months of the year or the months, you know, where uh, there's more flu going around or cold or uh, things like that. I think that's a good, uh, a good time to always supplement mm -hmm. and uh, just be mindful, you know, of the dosage and all that because you, you can have a little too much vitamin C. When things start running, hmm, I think that's when you know you had a little too much. Right. That's so true. That's so true. You're absolutely right. And it's not that we are having this discussion because we just want to just focus on vitamin C as the only thing that will help our immune system work at its optimal best. I mean, there are other things that we should look at, too. And... It's just part of the big picture. What are the other things 
all of you, I'm going to ask each of you that you're doing to help strengthen your immune system in addition to vitamin C? Um, sunshine. Yes, there you go. There's a vitamin D coming through. I need to see more of that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. Even though we're living in Southern California, we haven't seen that much of it in the past three weeks. But honestly, because we're home and in quarantine and we don't really see a lot of people, I've been really loading up on garlic and onion. <laughs> so a lot more fresh cooking at home. Um, being yes. at home, yes. making a lot more meals. Mm -hmm. that, uh, in the past, you would just so easily, oh, I can just pick up dinner tonight. Um, or as we know, which I do miss, um, our lunchtime outings. I mean, we miss that so much. To eat at least once or twice a week. Yeah. I know. So the fact that we're doing more home cooking and, and using more fresh ingredients, um, even um, like we have herbs and, and different produce that we're trying to um, grow and harvest and, and more people doing gardening uh, projects as well. This is an opportunity to get some of those um, fresh um, organic ingredients that uh, are so beneficial to our, to our bodies. Yes. And, and I'm, yes. I'm wondering, since we are in this situation and, you know, not everybody is actually coming out and going out to the stores to buy fresh fruits and vegetables. I know a lot of people now are perhaps relying on frozen veggies. That's and, a good point. And so what we know with frozen uh, veggies is that they're always, they have to be blanched. And that blanching process can actually destroy vitamin C. Oh, and so now... Here. Of course, I, you have to point that out to us. <laughs> so <laughs> when it's blanched, exactly. So you don't have all the vitamin C that you would, you know, you would think that that food has. And so it goes back to the issue of supplementing your diet with vitamin C. And I think uh, it is appropriate at this point to at least take, <clears throat> I see the common dosage that we have is about a thousand milligrams. We know the upper tolerable limit is about 2000 milligrams before you can, you know, start experiencing some GI discomforts. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, load up on the vitamin C, your cells will take up what it needs and if you're saturated, your cells are saturated, the rest of the vitamin C is just going to, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, excreted out of outside your body. So uh, I don't think it's anything that uh, we should be worried about in terms of how much we take. There you go. Is there anything that makes it more bioavailable or just taking a supplement is, just taking vitamin C does it? Right. Yeah, that's such a good question. Well, vitamin C helps with other right. absorption of other nutrients, but I don't know that there's anything else that helps, you know, helps it in terms of absorption. Well, I know it's quite trendy right now. Well, I don't, but it, I want to call it trendy, but um, a lot of people are taking um, max doses of vitamin C to uh, prevent um, any COVID, COVID symptoms. Um, Dr. Noval, I know you've done some research in regards to um, 
upper limits, um, upper tolerable limits of vitamin C. And I have also found some additional research studies showing that there can also be some um, uh, not so beneficial effects from taking high levels of ascorbic acid. Yeah, exactly. So true. Um, I think especially if it is in the intravenous form, I th isn't that where we have been seeing more of the toxicities take place? Yes. Yeah. Do you guys want to address that more? Because yeah, I was thinking oral, would it? No, we just actually excrete it. But especially if it's intravenous, it's going directly into our system. And I think that's why they are giving it in a, like with some additional, um, how do you say it, with additional helpers, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's the IV uh, glucocorticoid treatment that must be added uh, to attenuate the possible inflammatory complications of high-dose vitamin C. Right. And they, they, also, they also recommend glucose restriction while um, the treatment takes place, the treatment with high dose vitamin C. So, um, and also there were some, there was some mentioning about hydrocortisone as well. Yes. To fight against therapy induced inflammation. Okay, so those elements can help uh, decrease the, the effects, the, the side effects. The negative effects, yes. Yes, uh-huh. So, well, I'm glad somebody was um, actually looking into that because if they do need the very high doses to help people with a more serious condition, then I'm glad there are these other treatments that can help decrease that. So I'm glad you looked into that. Um, okay, yeah. Well, I think this was a very interesting discussion. For me, it was. And I know that it's not the only thing that we're looking at or, or practice ourselves or tell people to do, but it is one of the tools in our toolkits to help strengthen our immune system, but it is worth looking at individually. I mean, we can talk about all the others, which we probably will in the future, so we'll visit all the other ones, but yes, um, strengthening or balancing, not strengthening, balancing our gut is another way to help with our immune system, yes. and we can go for another couple hours with just that topic. Yeah. <laughs> I really think we should look actually at that. and. Uh... Yes, for sure. But this one, what I would like to uh, encourage everybody to do is to, yes, please remember that if you will cook uh, vegetables that are especially rich in vitamin C, as Edward, Dr. Betok mentioned, just only cook it for how long, Dr. Betok? Not too long, just about two or three minutes and low heat, minimal amount of water. Okay, there you go, because we don't want to leach it out. We don't want to leach out that vitamin C. And so that's something to keep in mind. And supplementing won't hurt, won't hurt us, and especially if it's, it's needed. And from what we have seen in some studies, the liposomal vitamin C does produce higher serum levels in, in, in our blood. So that's something to keep in mind for sure. Does anybody have any closing comments yeah uh, oh sorry um i just wanted to say that in one of the studies that i looked at and 
they were talking about prevention, that vitamin C is really, really helpful as a prevention tool. Uh, but don't wait until you're sick and then hope that that vitamin C will help. So I think it's important for people to understand and know that, yes, consume uh, foods that are high in vitamin C on a regular basis. All year long. To make, yes, all year long. And so don't just jump in on vitamin C when you get sick. Yep, that's excellent. Prevention mm -hmm. is always key. So. Yes. Kendra, you were going to say something? And also just a wonderful reminder to um, increase our fermented foods because not only will that increase some vitamin C, that will also uh, populate our, our guts with some wonderful bacteria as well. Yes, excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Kendra, Edward, Andrea, for yes, of course. on this tea break episode. I love having this conversation with you guys. Thank you. We always kind of have these anyway ourselves, so we might as share, might as well share with others our conversations that hopefully will help them. So thank you for your time, and I miss you guys. I'm, I know yeah. we talk to each other almost every day, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Nope, not at all. And I miss eating with you guys in person. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm -hmm. One of these days, we'll mm -hmm. get back. But until next time, thank you. If you have any suggestions for us to discuss in our tea break episodes, please send me a message at gginovalrd at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Nature Narratives Podcast Tea Break Edition. Please join us for another episode. Until then, remember to trust in the Lord and eat well, to stay well, and live well. Mm -hmm.